Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, football fans. Welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 320. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football tonight. I got Will, Charles, and Mark online with me tonight. I really don't have a rant, you know. I kind of want to have a rant. I kind of don't want to have a rant. Uh, you know, a couple of things have happened. Uh, we did talk about Cato, the big uh, uh equipment manager in BC Lions history like he's been there forever he passed away last week and uh I'm just gonna read this to you okay so um it's from a guy named David Benefield now we all know David Benefield he was a a linebacker with the BC Lions uh I think he was linebacker or was he defensive end I don't know no linebacker Um, right the linebacker yeah yesterday was great Pastor Dave this is about his uh Cato's celebration of life Yesterday was great. Pastor Dave, uh, Ulio, Neil, Reed, and all the speakers gave so much glowing stories about the quirks and the ways of the mighty Cato. It's great seeing all, all the guys again, but I hate only seeing guys at funerals. Well, looking around at all the former players and even some of the present players, it would be such an amazing team to have them all in their primes. You could just feel the energy of these guys. I'm sure if we had this group in Cato's locker room, it would be the wildest of seasons and rides. I'm glad I got to see the guys again, but life really is way too short. When I visit the Lions practices, it will be strange, and I can't lie. I used to feel kind of at home just by seeing Billy and Cato. No matter who was coaching, now they're both gone. I miss the feeling Cato would give me like he always gave me. What do you need now? Or did you find the socks or belt I gave you? I think the BC Lions should rename the locker room or do something in Cato's honor. I also think doing something to bring it all together is much needed. Now, that was kind of nice. That was really nice. Now, uh, the one that I get the most is uh, Mike Trevathan. Um, Another BC Lions. uh, This guy was a receiver. Sure hated to miss his memorial. Sure love that dude. Always took great care of me from day one of rookie camp in Kelowna till the day I was traded and flew to the peg. Cato was the last Leo to tell me goodbye and good luck. I remember what an honor it was the first time he invited me back to his office to share some wings and pizza and a few cold coconies. A few of us would lounge on his couch post-practice to discuss and debate the latest trade or recent injury to a prominent player or league news as well as everything and all the issues of the world there's still some things and loose ends i wanted to talk to our boy kate's about but strange thinking that he's not here now i won't get now i won't get the chance thanks for making this thoughtful post you know and then jed roberts okay this this is what it's always been about the brotherhood the friendships the discussions and jokes pranks anecdotes. If you're lucky enough to stick around long enough 
and were in the right mix of good teammates and skilled players, you were accepted into this elite fraternity. Every team has their glue guys. The greatest equipment gurus were the ones who fostered and mentored those few souls on the team, blessed enough to be counted upon, uh, upon when it mattered. Thanks for sharing. Cato would have been thrilled to be remembered this way. Okay. I'm going to miss this guy, you know. I, I posted this for on, on Dave's post as well. It says, the fans will never appreciate the contribution to our entertainment that this man provided. This is a perspective that only a player can describe. Thanks, Dave. Cato will be deeply missed by all, whether we know it or not. Enough. Let's move on. Okay, welcome to the show. Will McDonald, how you doing? I'm good. I have I have a couple of questions. Who sure. who else were who was uh, David Benefield referring to as Billy? Oh, uh, Bill Ryan. Bill Rochelle. Rochelle, sorry, he was the uh, head trainer. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I was just curious about that. And you know what? I I did read the post that David Benefield put on it. I thought it was a great post. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it for me anyways it doesn't matter what level you play anything at i mean i still have constant contact with i would say 90% of the people i play football with and that's pretty amazing so cuz it is a it is a brotherhood and you do go through all the same things and you remember those things so and i think the bc lions should do something i was even going to ask you guys last week is it possible to put a guy like that on the wall of fame? I would have no problem with them doing that. I I, I would expect this it. organization for so yeah, I I'd be surprised because because he 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 is part of the he is part of the team, no doubt about right. it. Not a player, but he's a big part of the team. Oh, and he probably no question. and he's and he probably touched more guys than most of the people in that organization. Because he was oh, around question. for so long. Mm-hmm. So, With, without you know. question, and I would be surprised if if Cato and Billy both didn't get on the Wall of Fame, and 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 soon. Yep, I really so, I would be surprised. I would now too. we didn't lose though, did we? He just he retired because he was very sick. Oh, did he retire? Yeah, Bill, okay. Bill retired. Yeah, he didn't pass on. I don't believe. I don't know. I, I, know I he, don't think he. I know, I know he, he was retired. Very, I know he was very sick. Uh, yeah, I don't believe. I'm no, he retired. Uh, he retired. I just did. He he, uh, he retired on uh, November fifth, twenty eighteen. He retired. Yeah, but he's still alive. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he should be honored just like the players. Because let's agree. face it, the players, the players around for five to ten years. He was around for forty, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Longer than Wally. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Charles, you're there. Mark as well. Yes. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. 
And you are right. I still keep in contact with a lot of my coaches from all the different sports I played. Um, it, when you see them, it just seems normal. You know, you went through a lot with these guys, whether they were coaches, trainers, whatever. Yeah, and it, that's kind of weird because, you know, I don't – there's only one person that I actually ever communicate with that I played lacrosse with. But I'm in still in contact, weekly contact with one of, with my grade 12 metalwork teacher. And he's in his 70s now. That's kind of weird. Anyhow. Okay. You've always been weird, so. I am weird. I have absolutely yeah. – I'm not denying that. Good. Not in a Steve Sparksman kind of weird. Um, it takes a weirdo to know a weirdo. You can't say that live on radio. Come on, Christopher. Really? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> we'll edit that oh, out. God. Okay. Um, segment one, CFLPA plans to strike in stages. No, they don't. What a crock of shit. They don't Wait plan a to... minute. I, I got I to gotta hang up because I got to go change my season tickets right now, okay? <laughs> There's no way that the CFLPA plans to strike in stages. They're forced to strike in stages because they didn't do their due diligence into what the legal law, labor law, is in each of the provinces that are football teams. And now that that's been brought to their attention, they realize that they cannot strike in Alberta and Ontario, which is five teams, for two weeks after the collective bargaining agreement expires. And we we all knew that, but, you know, they didn't come out with this one. So now they figure that um, the the Eskimos, the Stampeders, Red Blacks, Argos, and Ticats are all going to report to training camp on time. They're going to go through two weeks of training camp. They're going to have a preseason game against teams that aren't there. And then they're going to go on strike on the 24th or something like that. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, they're playing a game here because they're, they're telling everybody that it's going to give some teams an unfair advantage on the season. What they're hoping for is the league to lock them out so that nobody has to report to training camp. And if I was the league, that was the last thing I would do. I would make them all show up. I think it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Um, what's your thoughts on this one, Will? Um, I don't know how, and maybe I'm stupid, and you can tell me if I'm stupid or not. I don't know how any you really strike want is me legal. To? Yeah, sure. How any strike is legal if 80% of these guys are under contract right now. More than 80 or whatever it is. How is that legal? You signed a contract to play football with me in my league at this amount of money. How can they strike? I don't know. I've been asking that for a long time. And here, here's a better question. How many of these players right now that are going to training camp or being told to refuse to go into training camp are actually union members? 
You're not a union member until you actually make the roster. Do they not make the argument <clears throat> that um, you sign the contract with the team, but the CBA is done with the league? I don't understand your point. Well, he's asking how they can strike. They're not actually employed by the league. They're employed by the team. Correct. So how can you go okay. strike against the team? Yeah. That's... But the, the, that contract is with the, – the CBA is with the league, I think is how they differentiate it. Right. It's between the Players Association and the league. It's got nothing to do with the players or the teams. Yeah. So how I can mean, the players most, go on strike? In most union situations, the entire group of union guys are under one contract. That's not the case here. No, no. they've got their own individual contracts. The, yeah. The, totally unheard of. And I'm just, I, I'm just trying to make this as simple as I can for me because I'm simple, okay? And, and I just I don't get it. We know. I don't get it. I don't get it. None of us get it. I've been harping on this one for months, and and I can't figure it out. How do how do they justify this? Mike Riley is under contract to the BC Lions to make seven hundred and some odd thousand dollars this year, and if he doesn't show up for training camp, don't fucking pay him. Of course, that's will piss him off, and he won't play for us. But I, it piss it, it it I don't understand. You're under contract. Don't break your contract. So if the players don't show up, they, they get what they call a report and pass bonus. That's if you report to training camp and pass the physical, you get a bonus. I don't know what it is, a couple grand, 2500 bucks, whatever. There's no way in hell I would be paying that if they were not on – if they're not at training camp on day one, they did not report. So they don't get a bonus. It doesn't matter if they report two weeks later after the strike is over. I wouldn't give them the fucking bonus. What you didn't earn it, Mark? What's your thoughts on this one, buddy? Uh, pretty much the same. It's weird that they think they can strike at two different times. Yeah, due to the labor laws, they obviously didn't look at that stuff uh, and realize that they were screwed. So now they're going to do it this way. So why don't they all go to training camp, go have a good training camp, and then two weeks later go on strike for the preseason games? It's a way to pressure the league into getting a deal done. You see that in every strike negotiation type of CBA, whether it's CBA, contracts, whatever. You see that in every union thing. The union says that we're going to go on strike. The Great. And they're going to go on strike on the 24th of, of May. Yeah. Okay? Two weeks after that, when they can all walk out at the same time. And at least now they've given themselves and they've said, okay, well, we're going to be the good guys here, and we're going to give the team, the, the league an extra two weeks to negotiate with us. We're the heroes here. We're not pulling our players out like we said we would. We're, we, want a, we want a contract. We want to negotiate for another two weeks. We're heroes. Look at us. My biggest problem is the union is still negotiating in the media. 
Yep, the, that, C- the I'm CFL bring that up to the CFL doesn't say a word. They just say, "Yeah, we're we're talking." Brian Ramsey runs to the legs and gets it out there as fast as he can. So we're only hearing one side and of I, it anyway. I I actually heard an interview with John Huffnagel today, and they asked him a question of how is the CBA talks going, and all he said was, "They're going." Period. End of story, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. That was Wade Miller at the Bomber um, AGM thing. Somebody asked him, and he's just, yeah, I'm on the negotiating team. Next. And that's it. They're not saying a word. The players. And good for them. The players and the CFLPA heads are all running to the media and social media as fast as they can. Well, they're trying to get you to see, the fans who are, as as a, for the most part, are dumber than sticks, to side with them, and they are. Oh yeah, it's working. <laughs> you slay me. Anyways, I was going to say, <laughs> if I'm a, what are you laughing at? If uh, you okay, if I'm a if I'm a business owner, and I lose two exhibition games or one exhibition game, whatever it is, one exhibition game. And I got to reimburse fans for their tickets and I lose money. I'm not paying you shit enough until you walk through the door and play a game or practice. Okay. And, and I'm going to cut your contract even more than it is already. It's just, it's just such crap. Okay, first they off, they should have had this pre- taken care of. They the should have had pre-season. this taken care of a year ago. I agree. I agree. The preseason games are usually free with your season tickets. So there's okay. no reimbursement. That's what here. they say. Okay. You you pay so much for nine games, and you get the tenth one for free. That's a well. <laughs> Am I not correct okay. there, Charles? You get yeah, I yeah, believe you are. you're right. I don't think there's anything extra. Yeah, that's right. But well, unless I you're Toronto, there, I, then you don't get that either. Yeah, but what? I think there is extra in there when you pay for your nine games. Okay, they can tell you there's no extra in there, but when you pay for your nine games, there is extra in there because they still have they staff that they have to pay. Okay, they build it in. Oh, no question. But they're not going to give you back any money because of it, because they're going to tell you, well, you I didn't know. pay anything for them. <laughs> Yeah, and and right. and in in theory they're they right, but it's just a bonus. The price of the regular season game is what they do. That I'm going to demand that I get to go to the exhibition game, even if there isn't a game, and sit in the stands for three hours. Just sit okay, there and watch the f- an empty field. There you go. That might be the game I come to Calgary for. Maybe they can put the NBA on the big screen or something like that, and I'll watch that instead. Oh, hey, I got to go check something out. Yeah, I think watching the watching the empty field might be more entertaining. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't mind basketball. Whatever. Basketball's boring as hell. I don't know what you talk about. Okay. I mean, Sorry. if they go on Did strike, I say that loud? Stupid. they're stupid. If they go on strike, they're stupid. They're stupid, stupid, stupid. I'm sorry. They're stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> One thing that the players just, have uh, that the players are not uh, thinking about, this could be a massive backfire 
Because let's say they go on strike and they take this hard line and they go on strike and we miss some games. You're going to have sponsors pulling their sponsorship. It's going to be a smaller piece of the pie. The overall revenues go down because of it. And there's less money to go around. And all of a sudden, they're not getting as much money no matter what. So this could just be a backfire. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. You, you do not want miss a game. Why do they and, do that? And TSN, TSN will want to be compensated. I guarantee you. Of course they are. they got a contract with these people. And by the way, can media outlets stop saying that the um, current CBA ends on March 19th? Because it doesn't. It expires, but the uh, all the conditions and stuff like that are still in place until a new CBA is signed. Correct. So yep. while technically it might say it expires, it in reality does not. Nope. Because if the players went to camp without a new agreement, all the conditions under the old agreements would still be in effect. Correct. I mean, so, I that go to go to camp, go play football, you idiots. I, I just I mm-hmm. so cannot get over the players on this one. It just makes no sense to me. Yes. Not zero. <clears throat> <clears throat> And what Mark is saying is right about the league negotiating in the media. We're not seeing any uh, comment on the league. They're keeping things quiet. Uh, The league is going every after every meeting. They're going out and they're talking to, I don't know, Arashmadani or Matthew Shinetti or whoever they can find to listen, and they get on their soapbox. Now, here's the most ridiculous thing that I, uh, I read the other day. So it's the players that have come up with this plan saying that, oh, well, the teams in these provinces are going to go to camp, and then the other ones are going to strike, and then the other ones will strike uh, when it's legal to strike. Then I saw another article about some guy from the Players Association complaining that this would be giving teams a competitive Balance. Yes. yes. You're the ones telling them to do this, you idiots. So don't sit there and whine and bitch about that. Are you kidding? Yeah, but but they're not. They're trying to go the league into locking them out. They they don't want anybody to show up are. for camp. They don't want the five teams to show up for camp for for two weeks till they they are in a legal strike position. They don't want those players to be there. So they're trying to goat the league in, into locking them all out. Right? And I remember that too. And I've been... I, I, oh, I don't know. Nothing don't says know. United like striking at different times. Yeah, exactly. Solidarity! Uh, we'll be with you next week. Oh, no, actually it's two weeks. Okay, hey, uh, we, got, we got somebody called in here. I'm going to open the mic up and see who it is. Where are you? Hey, from Minneapolis, United States, where are you? Who are you? Hello? They're they're not there. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Yes. yes. You you just did a will on us. You you were talking like hell and you didn't have your mic on. Where did you? 
No, I have, I have my mic muted, actually. But no, but thanks for taking my call. My name's Dave. I'm calling from Minneapolis. Yeah, buddy. What's up? Yeah, I was uh, I was just following up on the points you guys are making about the current labor negotiation, and I'm just wondering what exactly are the players trying to strike over? Because from what I can tell, there hasn't been an increase to revenue, so there isn't really an option to increase the cap. And I'm reading that they're talking about increased player safety. And so I understand why player, for example, would want to strike over that if you're not talking about an increase to pay at all. Well, they are talking about an increase in pay. I, I think the number that they want right now, minimum wage is $54,000 a year. And I think that, that it's going to sit, settle by the time the dust settles, it's going to be around the 70K mark. Uh, we're, we're also going to see a, a raise in the uh, salary cap, which is currently around 5.2, if I'm correct. And I think it's probably going to go up to around the $6 million mark. So, yeah, money is yeah. definitely on the table, but I, neither side has brought that to the media. So we really don't know what it is. Uh, they are talking about player safety, and, and they've addressed that with some rule changes and everything else. But I think what they're, the players are really looking for more than anything is they're looking for um, health health packages. They're looking for uh, a disability pensions. They're looking for uh, using, using Jonathan Hefney as an example. This is a guy who broke his neck playing football and the, the league or the team takes care of his medical bills for one year after he's finished playing. But now he's, you know, he's got to do surgeries and a whole pile of things and every, it's all on his nickel now. And uh, the players don't think that that's right. And, and you know what? Neither do I. I, I think that, you know, if somebody is hurt permanently or, or dis- disabled playing football, that they should be taken care of. So I, I'm not disagreeing with them there. I, I think that all of the things that are being asked for are realistic from both sides. Uh, but it's not really all that much in the media at this point in time. So we really don't know what the nuts and bolts of the, the argument is. Am I, am I right well, there, guys? Yeah, you pretty much everything except what the last point you brought up is actually reasonable. Like, how can they have a cap increase to six million when the league has had no increases in revenue? Like, there was one thing at the last the last labor talk. Remember that, like, the TV contract. I think it went from like twenty something million to about fifty. Then they had a big, you know, they had a discussion. Cap went up from like four something to five something. But if it doesn't go up now, what 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 are we doing here? I mean, the league is like on razor thin margins anyway. Edmonton oh, hosted the Great Cup last year. They posted a $2 million profit. Yeah, I know. You know, and I know. You know, all the teams like Montreal, BC, Toronto, they're all losing money. Hamilton's losing money. Ottawa, even though they have the perception that it's successful, they've been losing money every single season. And I think these yeah. players need to have a realistic examination of what's going on and ask themselves, do we want a league or do we want the CFL to go the way of the AAF? But these well, guys are just – it's, it's the Canadian players that are too full of themselves. They think these, they can act we, like they're in the NFL or something. It's ridiculous. Can we get this guy to run the the Players Association? Because he actually has a lot of common sense, a lot more than some of the stuff that Brian Ramsey says. Well, yo, brother, what's your name? Yeah, my name's David. Okay, David. Well, thanks very much for uh, phoning in here. And uh, you know what? You're, you're, you're bang on. You're right across the board. We all know that Montreal, I mean, basically the Wetnalls have, have, have walked away from their team. Yeah, and, they don't uh, have an owner. They're being run by the they, league. They, yeah, the, the league's holding the, t- the the keys to this team right now. 
the Argos are, are, yeah, they're in dire straits, but they probably have the deepest pockets of any uh, any team in Canada. And and the BC yeah. Lions are not actually losing money because they have the largest sponsorship in in uh, out of all the CFL teams. And I was told that they actually have to drop attendance below twelve thousand before they would get concerned. And they're still up around the eighteen nineteen thousand range. So their BC Lions are still posting oh, a profit, well, although thank, it's thank a private corporation. That. Yeah, yeah, at least that's Dick, good news. I was kind of worried no. about BC for a while there. Yeah. No, yeah. don't Actually, worry about Lions BC. Season, Lions season ticket sales are up 25% this year, too, since yeah. the signing oh, of Mike good. Riley. And is, has there been any updates as far as, you know, getting new owners, or is that still up in the air? It, it, we haven't heard anything about it. All I know is at this point in time, David Braley is not talking to anybody about it. I, I do have a proposal for him, and I came up with it about three years ago, and I still haven't put it down to paper and given it to him, and I need to do that. Um, and I'm just going to procrastinate until it's too late. But I, I started doing it the other day, and then I thought, oh, well, I'll do something else. Um, but, yeah, I've got a, a really good idea for David, and uh, I've talked to him in, in the past about something similar to this, and uh, I think he's going to like it. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to share well, any details right now. How much do you think, like, a CFL team would be worth? Like, well, what do you think the Lions would actually be worth? Well, a franchise, a, a franchise right now is worth about $10 million. So if this Halifax team comes forward, they have to Jeez. pay a franchise fee of 10, 10 or $12,000, or a million, 10 sorry. $10 million, that's it? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. And, and then, and then you have to buy all the, you know, the pens and papers and erasers and telephones and and the locker room and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, BC Lions actually have a training facility and everything else. It's probably worth about four or five million dollars where it's sitting in in Surrey, maybe maybe more. Um, so you know, and, and when I was talking to David about it, he was uh, it realistically uh, was in the tw- two, uh, twenty to twenty-five million dollar range to buy the BC Lions, and that was back about three years ago when I had a chat with him about it. So, so I mean, as, as, just to switch topics, I know you guys still talking about the labor negotiations, but I've been kind of fascinated trying to figure out how to rank the West, and I'm just wondering. If you guys had a uh, thought about the, what the Western Power rankings were, because this is about as open as I've ever seen it, and I genuinely so have you, no do, idea. You, do, you, do you listen to our podcast regularly, or is this the first yeah, time? From, or no, from from time to time, like once, probably once. Okay, because we did this about months. two two weeks ago, three about weeks two or ago, three weeks ago, and and I think that oh, okay. the pretty much the consensus is Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, BC, Edmonton, Saskatchewan is in the West. Although we do have some. You know, people like Mark who will think that Winnipeg is ahead of Calgary, but then he's a homer, so <laughs> that's kind of what happens. But, uh, yeah, we put BC in the middle there, and Ed, followed by Edmonton and Saskatchewan. That's interesting because I, I kind of initially I thought, you know, I put Calgary at the top, and I thought Edmonton would be bad. But when I looked at the signings, Edmonton looked like they might actually be the most talented team in the West. If you look from top to bottom, just with all the moves they made. No. And, I, I'm you guys are obviously going to disagree with this. I think Calgary is actually going to be the worst team in the West next year. I think they lost no. way too many players. Like think about who they who they who they who they don't have now. Like their main advantage the last couple of years was their defense, more specifically their defensive line. And you lose what's his name, Micah. I believe it's Micah. Is it Micah Armstrong? The guy Micah Johnson. Michael Michael Johnson. Johnson. And uh, the guy um, Davis went to Hamilton as well. 
Yeah, and then the, Alex the, the, one the, gotta, the one thing that you got to realize with the Calgary Stampeders is they didn't get any of those players from anywhere. Every one of those guys have come up through their organization, and that pipeline is full. Okay? So, next man up mentality in Calgary, it doesn't matter who they lose. They're going to bring somebody up that knows the system. And Calgary doesn't win because of talent. Calgary wins because they have a system in place that everybody buys into. Okay? If you buy into the system, then you'll get to play football with them. Because they also lost Devon Claybrooks to BC. Yeah, so, so I mean, what? They're, they're, they're so they got somebody the, the next guy up. The next coach came up, right? It, it, yeah, Calgary I, is the, the best-run organization in this league, bar none. Yeah, yeah but that that's works always been like that. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, how Calgary is able to do that, but they haven't had an offseason like this in a long time where they had this much talent lead the team. Like this I, is, I, they lost about seven or eight guys who are essentially all-stars that all left the squad. And if, let's say, God forbid, Bo Levi Mitchell were to get hurt for any extended period of time, their defense is not going to be able to carry them like they have the last two, three years. But, but you don't know that. Well, I know that off their personnel. You, you, can't, you can't replace – how do you replace guys like Micah Johnson and Ja'Garrett Davis? Well, Those I, are some of the best they, defensive they, linemen who in the entire league. Replace? They, they came from somewhere. Right, but just so because they, they yeah, have got those that, that's the case for almost every player in the CFL. But I'm saying to, to think that you can replace guys of that caliber just like that—that's I think that's overestimating their ability to replace players. Like it's one thing to replace one or two guys; it's another thing when you replace half the defense. No, I We'll see. Then I think you know what. If we were talking about Hamilton, or we talking about Ottawa, or we talking about BC, I would agree with you 100%, brother. But I, we're not. We're talking about the Calgary Stampeders, and I'm not a Calgary fan. I'm a BC Lions fan. And Calgary is the organization that this is is not even going to face. Right, I would agree, organization. But I'm just saying, roster-wise, on paper, like I would be, I'd say Winnipeg is much better than them. I think Edmonton's got more talent. Winnipeg needs court. a quarterback. I think. Winnipeg has a quarterback. Matt Nichols is oh. only Matt Nichols is solid enough. No. Nope. Yes, he, nope. look what he has. The guy's got probably the best running back in the league, maybe second best at worst. They just added Chris Matthews with a three-year deal, so now they have one of the better receiving cores in the league. He's, they have a great offensive signing. line. And then defensively, look who they added. They added Willie Jefferson on the D-line and pair him up with Jackson Jeffcoat. They have one of the, pa- the best you know, duo of pass rushers in the league. The Bombers are going to be right there at one or two in the West, guaranteed. We said that they're going to be number two, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Mark thinks they're going to be number one, so you're, you're, we're not arguing with you there. Okay. <laughs> okay? But, but you don't think that the BC Lions are better? Than, I think the BC Lions are going to be way better than Calgary. I think they're going to – No. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know don't. why everyone's underestimating BC so much. Calm down, Will. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing? I'll tell you why I'm laughing. You're the you're the you're the one of the guys who've said this, and I've heard this for the last five years. Okay, because last year Calgary lost seven veterans that either retired or they didn't make the team, and they won the Grey Cup. Calgary Calgary has this endless bunch of players. I don't know where they come from. I guess it's John Huffnagel's contacts in the U.S. And it just keeps on keeping on. And I, I, 
you know, in the CFL, and I don't know if you're real familiar with the CFL, the CFL, the greatest thing about the CFL is any team can win any year, and it doesn't matter what they look like at the beginning of the year or the middle of the year. It's it's what counts is at the end of the year. And so, like I said, it's a, it's a crapshoot to pick anybody as first place. But on paper, yeah, I'm thinking right now everybody looks better than Calgary, at least defensive-wise. Anyways. I I, I will never though, take Calgary out of difference? first base right now until they show me they're not there. Right, That's but correct. to your point that you brought up about them losing seven veterans, it's one thing to lose seven veterans. When you talk about losing guys like Jamar Wall, that's a veteran. But that's not necessarily a great player. This year, they lost all guys. They lost guys who were players in the, at their positions, like Alex Singleton, and losing to Boris Daniels and Chris Matthews on offense. So we're not talking about just guys. That's what they lost the year before. They, they lost the entire nucleus this year. I mean, who, yeah, other yeah, than but last year, last year, you can say whatever you want about Chris Matthews, but last year – the Stampeders went through 12 starting receivers, and they still won the Great Cup. And they did that because they have, players, they have players in their system, and they did bring Chris Matthews in, but for the most part, they didn't really bring anybody in, and they still, they still succeeded. And it's got so right. much to do with their system because they will but not they, bring players in. Hold on. You don't, you don't see Calgary signing a Ja'Garrett Davis from Hamilton or – a Willie Jefferson Solomon Aluminium, Saskatchewan, or Solomon Aluminium to replace Alex Singleton because they have a system in place, and if you do not fit into their system, they will not sign you. And they believe in developing from within, and it's worked for them. I look, I agree with that, but I'm saying that the reason they won the Great Cup last year had nothing to do with their offense. They won the Great Cup because of their defense. Because they had it's the never about their offense. Well, the Levi Mitchell's and not that again, good of a quarterback. Once again, hold on. I, I hold on. Once again. That's why I think they're going to be that good. Yeah, but hold on. Once again, you say that their defense was great, and their defense was great. But bottom line is the offense has to score points. You look at Saskatchewan last year, they had a fantastic defense. But their offense could not score points. So Calgary has a good enough offense to score points. And I personally think they're going to be better than they ever have this year. So, just me. Just my opinion. Okay. Rock and roll. This has been fun. Oh, we lost him. We we, we lost Dave. I don't know what happened. We we lost him. The the calls dropped. Uh Uh-oh. Damn, eh? So have we are we done with the strike here? The, the yes, CFL, please. PA I thought we were done for a while. Can we move past that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we were just having fun there. But okay. It, we're but, talking, it, yeah. but it but it was it was nice to hear from an outsider of what he looks at the league as as far as standings mm-hmm. and things like that. And if you're not overly familiar with the league, that's probably what you would see. But yeah. Yes and no. I mean, but you know what? Long, you know what bothers all, me? All week long. You know what bothers me? What? Is this David, which who here actually called back in? I'm going to open him back up. He can hang out for the show if he wants. Um, he knows more about our league than most Canadian fans. Have you guys noticed that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Mike Townsend's yeah. like that, right? He knows more about yeah. the players, more about the teams that are going on than a lot of the Canadian fans. I really like the Americans who are following our league because yep. they, they're not just fans. They get involved in it. 
And I'm going to open up David's mic again here. David, you're, you're back with us, buddy. What happened? Yeah, yeah sorry about that. My, my call dropped on me. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Do you want to hang out for the show and, and be part of the panel here, or you just want to hang out, or what are you doing? What do you want to do? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Okay, well, let's carry on. Solomon Aluminium signs with the Riders. Okay, now here's the deal with this one. Solly last year played four games. Went out with a, a wrist injury, broke his wrist. He was out for 16 weeks. You do not go out for 16 weeks with a broken wrist. Okay? There, it, it's not a simple wrist injury. Now, I've been told, and I have my sources on this one, that he has nerve damage, and he cannot close his hand and cannot grasp anything. So he would have problems tackling. He was not... For a long time, he was not going to be a BC Lion this year. He knew it. Everybody knew it. So he's off with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders now, collecting a signing bonus and seeing whether or not he makes it out of training camp. Okay? So bottom line is, Solly is on the verge of retiring. So, yeah, it looks like shit. BC Lions treated them terrible. No, they didn't. It was all a ploy in the media to get another team to sign them. Okay? My take on it. Just from what I've heard from other people, uh, Solly has got some permanent injury in his wrist, and he is not going to be the caliber of football player he's ever been in the past. Do not expect an, an MOP defensive player from him. Adam Big Hill, good possibility. Solly, not going to happen. Charles, I, thoughts uh, on? Hang on, Will. Charles, okay, I'm going I'm to you first here. Well, as I said last week, I'm sad to see uh, Sully go because I was a huge fan of his, but there always comes a time, and uh, Sully has had some injury issues in the past three or four years. Um, He has, um, you know, um, coming off a serious injury, Um, so um, it is time. Uh, All great players move on, Um, but it's almost like... um, um, Saskatchewan has become the ground where uh, BC Lions stars go to retire. I mean, dumping, we, dumping J- ground. Almost. He, he, first, he's Jason Claremont, G. Roy Simon, Manny Arsenal. Now, uh, Sully's there. So, it's uh, you got these guys who were in their prime in BC and they just kind of go to uh, wind down um, their career there. The thing is, with uh, both Jason Claremont and G. Roy Simon, when they left BC and went to Saskatchewan, the two of them were never the same that they were in BC. Now, we'll we'll have to wait and see with Manny Arsenal because he's coming off an ACL tear, which is a very serious injury. And now we'll have to see if those reports that you have that um, he has nerve damage, that can be very significant. If he's having problems closing his hand, that will severely um, uh, affect the way he tackles. So uh, that will um, that's something we're going to have to wait and see about because if he's having a problem to tackle, that could be very, very uh, problematic. Uh, he signed for 160000 the reports are, so he's down lower again than what he was making last year in B.C., uh, so I'm interested to see where he's gonna, how he's gonna come back this year. Is he going to be the same guy, or you know, um, is Father Time and injury is gonna catch up to him? We're gonna have to 
just uh, keep an eye on him. I'm going to be watching him closely this year just to see how he performs. Yeah, I think we all are. Okay, Will, you you wanted to come in? Go ahead. Well, well, first of all, I was going to say, is there going to be a new Team 100 in Saskatchewan? Sam Hurl and Sully? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, God. Is Sam since, Hurl 44? Since you mentioned, since you mentioned, uh, he's got nerve damage in his wrist, possibly. Possibly, okay. I can probably possibly. comment on that. We we all know that Will fell off his bicycle three years ago and hurt his elbow. Okay, yes, we do, and, and it's still I, funny. I, I have I have permanent nerve damage in my arm. Okay, my That's my left funny. pinky is my left pinky is still numb. Okay. And I do not have the grip strength that I used to have. And I've been working on the grip strength endlessly for the last year and a half. And it's not getting any better, to be honest with you. And and I'm thinking the wrist, I mean, my surgeon was an elbow wrist hand guy, which are probably really one of the most complicated things in the human body because there's so many parts attached to these things. And if he has, if he's having trouble with that, that that's a serious thing, okay. And I don't think it ever comes back, to be honest with you. And so, but obviously Saskatchewan, I would assume, has checked all this stuff out, and that's why they signed him to a bigger contract than probably most of their defensive players make, other than Mika Johnson and Charleston Hughes. So. I mean, or, or, I'm hoping or they missed the boat there, on this one. Or they missed the boat on this one. Yeah. So they got hoodwinked. That's all. That's all I want to say. Go ahead. Hey, Mark, jump on it. Reality was there was only two teams that were looking for looking at them. It was Hamilton and Saskatchewan. I still don't know why Saskatchewan took them. Did they not learn their lesson from last year? You can have the best defense in the CFL, bar none, if you don't have a quarterback that and an offense that can get you touchdowns. You're not going to win. Yes. And the guy that scored the majority of their touchdowns on defense is now a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. They can say yeah, 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 yeah. this guy or that guy, but. They've lost a lot. Solly, if he's healthy, obviously will help them. Um, he doesn't have to be the main guy. It's, But it all comes down to if he's healthy. And if your reports are even close to correct, then, yeah, he's not going to be a huge factor on the field. If he makes it to the field. Yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan could be just throwing darts again, like they yeah. have been known to do, throwing darts well, at the Well, kind of like Winnipeg and, and Darian Durant, you know? Pay him yeah. $70,000 signing bonus, and then he retires. Mm-hmm. So, see what happens. We're going to see. David, what do you think on this subject? Yeah, I guess apparently, look, I'm, I guess I'm the contrarian tonight because uh, I think it's actually going to work out. And one of you guys mentioned the reason why, which is it's Sam Hurl. Sam Hurl is one of the worst linebackers in the entire league. And oh, we all know that. It was we all know. Right. So I, I look at it as an upgrade over what they had. I believe they lost 
Samuel McGuavin, too. I think he went to the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So they obviously had need at linebacker, and he's he's better than anything they have. So if he can give them 75 80% of what he was, that's an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. But the point to you, the last guy brought up about them not winning, let's remember they did finish second in the West last year, right? They hosted a playoff game. So having a great defense does mean something, right? You you can't win games without defense. Yeah. We all know that, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't win de- games without a kicker. And you can't right. win and, games and without had, a quarterback. And who's who their quarterback? Who had the best quarterback in the league? But who had the best quarterback in the league last year? What well, Edmonton did, without question. Right. And uh, how did Edmonton's season work out? Well, they were, went 9-9 nine and, nine and missed defense, the playoffs no. because of a uh, season series loss to the BC Lions, who were also 9-9. Nine and nine. Right, and how many games so, did the Riders win? 12, 11? 13, and so, 11. And exactly. With pretty much Brandon Bridge, who is effectively is a non-quarterback. I mean, the guy's probably the worst. I mean, he's the worst quarterback I've ever seen in a professional football game in my entire life. What he did in that playoff you've game never, is Winnipeg. You've never seen Marcus Crandall, obviously. <laughs> oh, okay. Marcus well, that's, Crandall that's won a great time. game. <laughs> Think about how bad Bridge played, and the Riders were still in that game in the fourth quarter. I mean, Bridge wasn't a zero. Bridge was like a negative 10 out there. I mean, he was – what was his completion percentage, like 35%? What? Yeah. And they still almost – and it's still that game was still a one-possession game heading late into the fourth quarter. So if Caleros is healthy, the Riders are winning that game. Not only winning that game, the Riders are going to the Grey Cup because they would have stopped Calgary in the next in the next – in the West Final, because we know Saskatchewan, for whatever reason, seems to own Calgary in the playoffs in McMahon Stadium. But the, the Riders are just if Claros can stay healthy, stay upright, they're going. They're going to be dominant. Yep. Yeah, hang on, you cannot have a quarterback staying healthy and staying dominant if you do not produce or uh, build an O line in front of him. And Saskatchewan did not build an O line last year, and they haven't even touched it this year. So well, they added Dakota Shepley. It's not whether or not Zach gets injured this year; it's when. Yeah, but they added Dakota Shepley, who's who's one of who's a highly ranked you know Canadian lineman out of UBC. They weren't able to bring him in; they got him in this year. He's going to be a huge upgrade at guard for them. So uh, you know, again, we don't know about Shepley yet. He hasn't played a game yeah, in the we'll, CFL. Yeah, but he was yeah. a highly ranked yeah. prospect. Definitely acknowledge that he's one yeah. of the. He was, yeah, so is the Johnny Manziel. True, but the. the yeah, but we're talking Canadian alignment here. Obviously, this right. is different. And the CFL GMs seem to do, and scouts do a pretty good job at evaluating Canadian alignment. They usually are right almost every time. Yeah. Well, right now, he's still a prospect. So until he actually hits the uh, field, we don't know. I mean, you're right. He is a high pro- highly touted prospect. We have seen but- so many number one picks. Just not materialize on the field. In fact, what wasn't it Joe Jose St. John or Josiah whatever Saint his name John. was? Josiah St. John that, yep. that Saskatchewan took first overall. What fizzle that was. Right, Another big uh, because he was a tackle that they tried to play guard and he just he couldn't he couldn't handle the transition. And he didn't he wasn't familiar with the Canadian game. He never played it his whole life, whereas Shepley was a guard his whole career in college and he's played the three down game, so he's not gonna have that issue of getting used to the different rules. 
Okay, let's moving on from the Solly with the Riders. I think we're off that subject completely. Chris Matthews signs with the Bombers. This is kind of exciting. We don't know how much he signed there. Uh, I kind of got him mixed up today with Chris Williams and looked like an idiot when our little chat that we were having on. But, hey, you know what? Chris Matthews is one of the better receivers in the CFL. I know Mark's saying he's the best receiver. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, somebody else just got released today, didn't they, in the NFL? Yeah, Mitchell. Uh, the guy who yeah, Brian Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, okay. So is he CFL bound, or is he going to try to make it with another team down there? We don't know yet. The season's still three weeks away, barring a strike. Okay. So, Mark, go ahead. Tell us all about your 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 love affair with Chris Matthews. I wouldn't call it a love affair, but we may. Oh, have, you said I that would. you were just like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, would. yeah. I think, I think we I may would. have finally found a receiver that even Nichols can't overthrow. Because two overthrows in that Western final, if those were caught, it possibly was the Palmers heading to the Curry Cup. Um, this is a guy that can make Nichols look good. He goes what? up and he fights them. <laughs> he can make Nichols look good. Because <laughs> he'll go up and fight for the ball. I mean, He's Nichols does throw to tall players, oh. usually defensive linemen. But yeah. Don't steal my line, okay? Well, why, why are you guys shitting all over Nichols? The guy's put up great numbers the last three years. Because he can't win he's when not. it matters in the playoffs. Because he can't win. What do you he mean can't he can't win? win? He, he, played, he played last year, he played in two playoff games. He won one, lost the one the year before. And the one they lost the year before in BC, he threw for almost 400 yards. Do, do you know why Justin Medlock set a CFL record for most field goals in a season? Because Nichols doesn't know how to put the fucking ball in the end zone. Yeah, that's, you're talking about Boing. the first year Paul Lopley was a coach. Last year, they, they led the league in scoring. They were one of the highest teams in, 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 in offensive touchdowns. You have to understand, David, from my point of view as a lifetime Bomber fan. And yeah, I'm, I'm a Bomber fan, too. And a He's the best quarterback of... we've had since Kari Jones. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to disagree. But I don't think here's, the, here's the problem. <laughs> Christopher, what is, this, what is your favorite years. thing nowadays? What's that? When it comes to the Bombers? CJ? Well, I don't know. It's you just know, like sitting on a... Oh, it's, 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 no, no, no. It's 30 years and counting. 29 years. 30 years and counting. 30 years and counting. I no longer give a flying anything. <laughs> I want a breakup. I am. It, it's pastime. For me, for Nichols, getting Matthews in. If they don't win the Great Cup this year, bye bye. You can go. Yeah, oh, he won't make it. He, he won't make it to the end of the season. They're gonna have a Strebler in there in a heartbeat. But back Come to on. back to Chris Matthews. This is a guy with a full NFL pedigree. He didn't play a lot, but he was one boneheaded coaching decision away from being the Super Bowl MVP. Yep, that's correct. This guy has talent. Uh, he On pace last year, if he'd have played the entire year with Calgary, he would have had well over 1,000 yards. He's older, but he's only played like 22 games in the last four years. 
And he's also his, and he's also six five and two hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, wow. This yes, is it a is. big boy that isn't afraid to go across the middle because he's a foot taller than the majority of the defensive backs. And he's, what, 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. This changes a lot of stuff. Somebody it does, did a but mock. can Nichols get him the ball? Yes, because he doesn't have to throw <laughs> long bombs to him. Nichols loves those over-the-middle throws. That's Matthews coming over the middle. And they can move Darvin Adams to slot, where he's more effective. Yes, he is. He's far more effective in the slot. They put Wolitarski outright. This okay. So this is setting so, up. I'm not going to say it is like some of the other Bomber fans. This is setting up as it should be a very good year because we've also got a top defense. So bringing in Matthews is perfect. This is the guy that they need. This fills a huge hole. Go ahead. Well, nobody's arguing with you. I think this was a great move by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I, I, without question. Absolutely. But I still without think question. I still think the book I still think the book on Winnipeg is simply this. And I watched Calgary do it a number of times last year. This is what you do with 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 Winnipeg. You stop Andrew Harris cold. Yep. Oh yeah. You make you make Adam Big Hill go into coverage. So he's out of the middle, and you force Matt Nichols to throw the ball because mm-hmm. that's where they're weakest. Is Matt Nichols throwing the ball? Yeah. If if, okay. if uh, and, and Andrew Harris has the ball, Winnipeg's going to win games. But if Matt Nichols that's has correct. the ball, they're going to lose games because he's I not. My own, there you go. I had my well, own well, theory on where they should you, put you, Andrew against Harris. Against Calgary last year, right? Would you guys acknowledge Calgary was the best team? Oh yeah. Okay. So against the the, the Grey Cup champs, the guy went twenty four for thirty three, three hundred fifty eight yards and two touchdowns with no interception. Are you doing this from memory? Because you're going to really piss me off. And 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 you know what? Yeah, but one uh, of the, one that, of the that's things... incredible. It shows he can perform against the elite in the West, which all he's done his entire career, especially yeah, in big but, games. Yeah, but what it what he hasn't shown yet is. You can talk stats till you're blue in the face. You have to win those games, and he hasn't won those games. And right, that's all that matters. Two playoff games. There's, there's oh, one three, stat actually, but that he... matters. There's there's one stat that matters, and that's wins. Period. Doesn't matter how you get there. Doesn't but matter what, what your stats are. What if it's not his are. fault that they lost in the game? Like if he had a great game, and it just happened to be back in 2016 that Winnipeg's defense couldn't stop anyone. Is that his fault? Well, no, it's not his fault. Okay, but now they have a great. De- they had a great defense last year. Okay, he still and he won a playoff game, did he not? He won a playoff game, and in a coaching thirty-year drought, and, and, the and he, is what matters. And he beat Saskatchewan's well, yeah. third-string quarterback barely. But he but he barely, performed really well against Saskatchewan's elite-level exactly. defense. It wasn't like he struggled. He had he had a really good performance on the road against one of the best defenses in the league. Oh, I, I'm not buying that one, David. He, he's what not, do you mean not a, buying it? He, he's not an elite status quarterback in this league. He is not. 
He's oh, I'm not. not. I'm not saying he's elite, but I'm saying that he's not as bad as people make him out to be. People are acting like this guy's Buck Pierce or something. Hey, I, Buck he's, Pierce he's was a great quarterback. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Buck, Buck Pierce is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all times, it. man. Are you kidding can, me? Come on, man. No, man. You, th- oh, you obviously did not see Buck Pierce in his prime because he was oh, amazing in, in B.C. Oh, okay, in B.C. maybe. But I saw him in Winnipeg, and I was like, oh, my God. That guy's the reason we didn't win in 2011, but that's a, that's a different story. He was broken here. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had 10 history. concussions before he left B.C. Winnipeg yeah. has a long history with picking up broken B.C. lines. Yeah. A very long history. Matt Dunnigan. Right. Roy but DeWalt. as a fellow Bomber fan, don't Roy you feel DeWalt, like this yeah. is our best year? Like this is our best shot this season oh, yeah. with this team? Yeah, it is. This is the yeah, best and if you don't do it this year, it's going to 30. Yep. Oh, if we don't do it this year, year. We, we won't win a great cup for the next 50. Forget it, man. This, <laughs> this is about as good as we're going to get. And if the rumors I'm hearing about our season tickets right now, uh, they need to win a great cup desperately. Oh, well, what are the numbers now? Um, I've heard uh, as low as 17000 Wow. Oh, I'm not surprised. The prices are too damn high, and no one wants to drive out to IG Field. It's yeah, the, it's it, the, IG Field, get it. Do you know why yep. they changed the name from Investors Group to IG Field? Because Investors Group changed their name. I know what you're coming with right away. Because but... <laughs> now the Ryder fans can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you want hate mail tomorrow, don't you, Christopher? Yes, you do. Oh, I get hate mail no matter what. I get it every week, every week. Okay, moving on. Let's get past this Chris Matthews. Ricky Ray retires. What can we say? One of my all-time favorite quarterbacks in the CFL. Good that he retired. Good move, Ricky. Smart move. Finally, finally. But we're going to miss this guy. He was a surgeon. Charles. Haven't heard from you in a while. Yep. Well, I mean, what can you say? The guy was one of the great, greatest quarterbacks in the history of the CFL. Um, that goes without saying. I'm glad he decided to hang it up and not try and come back. I'm, I had said last year before the season that he should have hung it up then, uh, especially coming off a Grey Cup win. Uh, and then he came back and had that terrible injury. It, w- w- it was week one, I believe. Didn't oh, week two. Last week entire... two. That's right. It was week two. Uh, so he was gone. I was afraid that he was actually going to try and come back, uh, which I was hoping he wasn't going to because, quite frankly, his time is over. He was been a great quarterback. No one would dispute that. But it's time to move on, and I'm glad he came to this decision. Uh, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Hell, they could retire his number in both Edmonton and Toronto, and I would have no problem with it. Uh, he's a spect- he was a spectacular quarterback, one of the best this league has ever seen, and I wish him well in his retirement. I, I think we're going to see him as a coach in Edmonton very soon. Uh, yeah, but- I wouldn't surprise me at all. You, you you gotta like a guy who was born in Happy Camp. That's mm-hmm. that's a town in, in California where he's from. Happy Camp, Happy Camp, California. Gotta love it. Now Ricky was one of my all time favorites. 
Go ahead. Anybody. But I hated Ricky Ray. Go ahead. You hated I hated Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray. Yeah, yeah but he was a good. He is a he he was a great quarterback, no doubt about it. I'm not going to dispute talent. Okay, he won in Edmonton. He won in Toronto. He just he just won. So, but I am really glad that he retired because it would have yeah. been it would have been awful to see him on the field this year. It, so. it, it would have it it would have been bad. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. I think part of the reason he retired too was he saw what type of team they had, and I don't know if you guys have seen. Have you seen Toronto's schedule? I don't know what the league office is trying to do, but that team is going zero and seven out the gates. They have probably the worst schedule in the entire league as far as the teams that they have to play in the order they have to play them in. They're That's not that bad. Yeah, are they are. No, nah, they're gonna get slaughtered. That I was mean, sarcasm, that is... brother. That was sarcasm. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> They they open the schedule on a bye, okay? Then they play Hamilton in Toronto. Then they play Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan. Then they play BC, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Oh, hey, week 11, they play Montreal. First chance of a victory. And they don't have a chance against Montreal. Montreal's way better than they are even now. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Well, Montreal's quarterback situation is better than Toronto's. I'd rather have Pipkin and Shields than anything Toronto's bringing up to the, uh, to the table. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. You don't think you don't think that Pipkin showed a lot of potential last year? No, I don't. I do. Uh, I do. I kinda, you do. You like he was Pipkin. up and down. I I could see I yeah. could see him doing something. I mean, they got a nice offense around them. They got a good running back. They receiving the four stacks, you know. And I and I wonder, I wonder how well he will play without uh, Johnny Football behind him, waiting to get onto the field. And they because they got to put him on the field. You know what I mean? He's not there yeah. anymore. So I would think yeah. Tipkin is the starter right out of the gate. So. Well, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm a big believer will, in the guy Pip- buying the respect of the locker room because you could see on the field the guys were behind him 100. percent and I think when a guy has that connection and that leadership in the room, it helps to perform at a higher level as far as quarterbacks are concerned. But we're still talking about Montreal here. If Pipkin was in Edmonton or Pipkin was in Saskatchewan or, or shit, even even up in Ottawa, he would do perform a lot better. But, but they have when, a uh, Montreal I mean, is look, a tire fire of biblical proportions. That's not true. That may have been the case before, but talent-wise now, they did a great job acquiring players. They got Taylor Loeffler at safety. You know, they have, they still have um, Tommy, what's his name? Is it Tommy Campbell at cornerback, one of the best? Enoch Mwamba at middle linebacker. I mean, they, they got a lot of great players. They just need a quarterback. They're a quarterback away from being potentially they, the second best team in the East. I'll agree with you with Loeffler on one condition. I want to see how they deal with him for training camp and practices. He did not do fully padded practices during the season the entire two years he was in Winnipeg. He is one hard hit away from being injured and out of the CFL. He had major problems in college, and they did that with him too. So I think they overpaid for him. Yeah, but did he have any major injuries while he played with the Bombers? No, because he never 
did anything because I play the game. They manage right, so his you... injury problems. I want to see how Montreal manages his injury problems. Yeah, but you're saying it like he's had injury problems all the time in the CFL when he hasn't. And oh, he has. he's been the best. He's but he's been the injuries. best Canadian safety in the league's had oh, probably yeah. the last 20 years. But he's he's oh, injury right. prone. He's had a couple of injuries while he was with Winnipeg, and that was why they, start, they shut him right down from practices. He just did walkers for two years. Right, but that, that, that didn't hinder his on-the-field production is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, no. when the lights came on, he showed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loeffler? Are we talking about the yeah, same Loeffler guy? Was, David, um, yeah, just so you know, CJ hates Loeffler with every year. Are we, are we talking about Loeffler? He's been on a vacation for three years. What's he done in three years? Nothing. I think he's regressed. I would, I would, I would have thought you liked him. You're from BC, aren't you? Isn't he a U, UBC guy? I, I, that means nothing to me. I couldn't give a shit. It has to do with what he does on the field. He did, After he took out Manny, that headshot on Manny in the end zone, he has done nothing of significance oh, in that, the CFL that's why you don't since like then. Him. No, <laughs> now, no. Maybe, now he's he's done the he hasn't showed up to a football game since. Yeah, right, dude. He's been one of the best Canadian defensive players in the league the last three years. What are you talking about? I don't know what your stats are based on. I don't. What do you mean stats are based don't. off of? He's been, he's been I, I, nominated I, as an all-star several times. What are you talking about? And then the player polls, he's ranked as one of the best Canadian defensive players when they did that play, that poll amongst all the CFL players. Yeah. You don't think he's one of the best Canadian safeties in the league? No. Well, name one Canadian safety better than him. It, it's the only position on the defense that Canadians get to play. Well, but he's the best one at it. Other than, that's my point. Other than defensive linemen. The odd yeah, defensive lineman, yeah. yeah. And there's the odd cornerback in there as well. It, it, it's a throwaway right, position. That's rare. But I'm saying, look who Winnipeg's trying to replace him with. They got Derek Jones and Jeff Hecht and Abdul Conte. I mean, none of these guys can even hold uh, Loeffler's jockstrap. They're all trash. You don't think that's going to be – you don't think he has any value whatsoever? You think he's just a whatever player? We'll Personally, see. For me, Time will tell. Loffler. I don't know, man. I think you might have not what? liked him because he had a mullet. I think maybe that's why you got a little bias against him. Well, come on. Seriously. The guy's got no style. Yeah. And I for well, Montreal. Uh, just quickly back to Ricky Ray. I just remember the one game against Winnipeg where I think he went 19 of 20, or I think it might have been 20 of 20, and he just destroyed us. And I don't think one pass was over nine yards. Hey, he's a checkdown king. That's what him and Cavillo made oh. a career of. Ray could go deep, but he didn't need to. He was so accurate. Yep. Right, but he could put you to sleep, though. That's the one thing for oh, sure. Yeah. You ever had insomnia? Just put on an Anthony Cavillo or a Ricky Ray game on. You'll you'll go to sleep in less than five minutes, man. Uh, I'm not I'm not fans of either one of those guys. I know they're great players. They put up great numbers, but well, you, I'm, I'm you, I, you know you're getting no I, arguments for me on Calvillo. None at all. None at all. Totally overrated quarterback in this league. 
Yeah, but I also I also know not know lots of people in Edmonton who hate it, Ricky Ray. Right, because, because he left the team. He, not when he was there. No, because he was no no when he was there because he was a he was the dunk king. Okay, he never threw long, but he was accurate and he won great cups. I guess that's he won great cups. Game. What the hell it, more it do is. you want? It was it effective. is all that it matters. Yeah, but so. people watch football for entertainment at the end of the day. We don't, like, it's one thing if your team wins, but if it's a boring watch and you feel like you wasted money buying a okay. ticket or sitting three hours to watch it, you just, you know. Okay, I, I'm not arguing with that, but let's let's put it this way. This is now May, okay? What game last year was exciting? Nobody cares. All we care about is Calgary won the Grey Cup. That's the only thing that matters out of the 2018 season. Only thing, Calgary won the Grey Cup. And if the football player puts you to sleep but wins Grey Cups next year, that's what you're excited about. He won the Grey Cup. Yeah, but I don't think he won us or won anyone at Grey Cup. Like, he didn't win the Grey Cup in 2012. He didn't win it, you know, the other uh, 2017. He just happened to be there for the ride, just like Cavillo. You just having to be surrounded by great players that made him look good. That's kind of you mean the same as Mitchell. Come on, yeah, let's be honest here. Applies to him. I, I agree with that as well. I think absolutely most best team with the exception of Riley are overrated. Right, and that's exactly why I don't I don't get why people shit on Nichols so much because I think I think Nichols is better than Bo Levi, and uh, you know maybe you might disagree with that, but that's how I feel. I think Bo Levi is the most overrated quarterback in the CFL scene in quite some time. I think he, I don't know, man. I don't agree with you there, brother. Get along the really really well. <laughs> okay, now I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We've done Ricky Ray, retires. $81 million went into the Edmonton area coffers from the Grey Cup in 2018, but the Edmonton Eskimos only posted a $2 million profit from that game. It costs them more. Mm-hmm. Okay? That was actually profit, so that's okay. They they made money on that one. Uh, yep. What was it, the 2012 one? Is that, did they host the in 2012? Toronto? No, 2012 was in Toronto. Where, where was the last Edmonton one? Oh, uh, 2010. Uh, 2010. The, the 2010. Montreal, Saskatchewan rematch. Right. Right. That's right. So, that was the one where they didn't have enough money. They tried to throw the Grey Cup away, and the league wouldn't let them. And David Braley lent them $4 million to pull off the Grey Cup thing, and they made back $4 million and then didn't want to give the money back to David Braley. And David Braley forgave the loan on the condition that they traded Ricky Ray to Toronto. That's how it went down. Because seriously, who would trade Ricky Ray for Stephen Giles? Seriously. Who would call that a fair trade? And some kicker. I think at the time, I remember a lot of Edmonton fans were actually happy about that. I remember a lot of people in Edmonton wanted what they called a scrambling quarterback. They didn't want a pocket passer. Yeah. And that's what you need to know about Edmonton fans. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We've had a few of them on the show, and they're not here anymore for a reason. Yeah. A lot of reasons. Okay. 
So $81 million to the city of Edmonton, good for them. Happy on it. CFL will only allow one helmet for each team this season. What the fuck? Why would you – what difference does it make to the league whether or not the teams have different helmets? And they're citing safety reasons, which makes no sense because they're always the same helmet. They just painted different. So why? Where's the logic involved? Probably trying involved to save in money. The league's not trying to save money. The, the teams are trying to save money. The teams can have one helmet, two helmet, or three helmet. That's up to them. Why is there a rule mandating only one helmet this year? Where's the logic in that? So we got one helmet all year long for BC Lions, and I'm okay with that. But just let's say, oh, man, we're going to bring back that gunmetal jersey, gunmetal gray jersey for one game. Oh, we got to have that flat black. Ha- oh, we're not allowed. Wait, but How don't the BC Lions have two helmets anyway? Because don't you have the white and orange with your road and the black and orange helmet with the home uniforms? Not anymore. Maybe it's going to be black. It's going to be black uh, all year this year. It's not. They're not. Oh changing my anymore. god, that that's going to look horrible when you play road games, man. But it, it's what the league is mandating them to do now. Oh, they're only idiotic. allowed one helmet. That's, that's, that's good. So. You guys are going to have, what are you going to do about your away uniforms? It's going to look ridiculous. Well, no, they're getting brand new away, they're brand new uniforms, both they're, home and away. Yeah. Oh, so they've got okay. the new supplier with New Era. So they're going to be um, new. In fact, the entire, the entire league is getting new jerseys because they switched uh, suppliers. Oh. Wow. They, See, they, they went, they, they went from era, Reebok to Nike and Nike to New Era. And each time they have to change the uniforms. Yep. Well, so none of the major outfitters wanted to do business with the CFL. They they got stuck with New Era? Yes. That's pretty much it. Wow. That's that's pretty embarrassing. Wow. Well, there's just not enough volume for the the big boys is is what the problem is. That's the thing. Jeez, but a hat company? I mean, good Lord, that's... Wow, <laughs> it's kind of sad, man. Kind of like, I don't know. To be honest, I didn't. I don't mind it. Well, I don't know why we need a rule for it because I mean, to me, the rule is just taking away a marketing opportunity for the league, for the teams and stuff like that. So I don't understand why they're doing this. Personally, I didn't like the Lions away hel- helmet, the uh, orange one. I was not. A fan of it. I much preferred the black one, but um, you know what? Um, I'm sorry. It was David, right? You're, with your name, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry. I'm just, what he said was true. With like the away jerseys, those black helmets would probably look pretty foolish. Although we have to wait and see what the new jerseys look like because we don't know yet. So um, hopefully they're going to make some sort of adjustment to it because if they go back to with something similar to that away jersey, it's going to look weird with a, a black helmet. But, I mean, I was never a fan of the white, of the, um, of the, um, of the orange helmet. And I didn't like the constant uh, back and forth. I like uh, one helmet, although with maybe one or two exceptions, maybe a couple of special games, kind of like the Stampeders did. But, uh for some reason, they felt the need to make it a rule, which I still don't understand. 
I'm not sure what the point is. I, I, I can't believe you guys don't, don't like that creamsicle color. <laughs> I do. I, I thought the Lions uniforms were the best in the league. I thought their away uniforms mm. were the freshest ones. Yeah, maybe, I got because, both of them. maybe because both it's a generational closet. thing, but they were trying to, like, you know, it was trying to appeal to younger people. That sort of, like, it grew the way on uniforms me, but I still was never a big fan. You didn't like the color combination, though? You didn't like the fact that there was, you know, the white and orange helmet to go with the uniform? You didn't think that worked? Not so much it worked. I just, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of, I wasn't a super fan of the color scheme. Um, The problem is I was such a fan of that gunmetal black one, and I did not, I I liked the home uniforms. It's just, I don't know, the, the, the away uniforms just never I was never a fan of them I don't, I, uh, They grew on me, I got more used to it But I remember I hated them When they first came out uh, They grew on me, but I was never a super fan of them I'm more of the black and orange They needed more black incorporated Because I always think of the Lions black and orange See, and, and I agree with you 100% Now, but you go back to the meeting That we had, you and I were at With, with Wally Buono And he came out point blank and said black is not a BC Lions color. Oh, I disagree. I know well, what he said. He I disagree. disagree. Yeah. Supplier surprised the league didn't find it for saying that. Why? The Lions have always had black for the most part. I, I, I know. Maybe not in the mid-80s. Like I'm just but... surprised some SJW or a hyper PC person didn't jump in and, you know, I mean, look at the wording. Black is not the BC Lions color. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's not a, a racial thing. So I mean, come on, let's just deal with that. He just said that the colors. If if you have a black shirt on and a BC Lions logo on it, do you look at this guy from the back and go, oh wow, yeah, he's got a BC Lions jersey or shirt on? No. But if he's wearing a bright orange shirt, right away you're gonna question right away. Oh, is that that? Those are BC Lions colors. So that's when Wally yeah. said that we are going to orange. Orange and white, orange and black. Orange is the color. Yeah, the well, uh, to me it's orange and black. Yeah, yeah. detail it with black. And we've always said orange and right. black, but it's not black and orange. And the that's black or the gunmetal gray jersey was absolutely the best. I, I think it was the best jersey in pro sports. Yeah. But they... they, they Wally dished it because it does. It doesn't. It doesn't look old. like a piece of line. I just said because he's an old guy that doesn't understand modern fashion. That's the problem. He's not that old. I mean, come on. No, he. What is he like? Seventy-five? <laughs> no, he's sixty-seven. Yeah. Jeez. Which is ten years now, older than I am. Okay. They, they so might he's not that old. The gunman black has like their home uniform now. Now that he's out of the picture, I, I'm saying that I would like to see it come back now that Wally is gone, and the door is now open for that to happen because he is not there to stop it. So, oh, they they have the least to turn around and mandate one helmet uniform. completely prevents this from happening at least this year. So they they haven't released what the uniforms are going to look like yet. Uh, yeah, we've we've seen a couple of things about it. Oh, okay. They did a so I'm like, yeah, they did a teaser, but they didn't see the full uniforms. Jeez, uh, we're like Montreal a month away from the out there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Montreal did. 
Montreal. What do you think of yeah. you, you like the new? Uh, you like Montreal's new look? No, I don't like Montreal. I did. No, I like the newer ones, the ones I saw. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. What? Go ahead. Just, um, I just found something on our previous topic. You said that Edmonton made two million. They would have made a lot more, but they only get a certain percentage of Grey Cup money now. It is shared. There's a certain percentage that goes to the host, and then the rest is shared amongst all the other CFL teams now. Yeah, actually, oh, it wasn't me that said that. I think it was actually David that said they made two, oh, okay. two million dollars, or Charles, one yeah. of the two of them. Yeah, that was me. I put it in in the um, agenda. Yeah, it, they only... I made eighty-one million to the community. Yeah, and two million to the team. Um, the team. The, the, they've decided that gone are the days of the five or six million dollars to one team. Now everybody shares it. Which isn't a bad idea. Yeah, you you want to make some money, bid on the game. Yep. Well, Hamilton yeah. hasn't bid on a Grey Cup game in 20 years. Why should they cut any of the profits for it? I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I think if you're putting up the money to host a game, you should reap the rewards for it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, it's the whole thing of this, these goddamn players that want more money. I mean, they're not the ones with the money at risk. They're not the owners that are all this careful up and going. Calgary and Edmonton I'm wanted to work with them about it. It was Calgary and Edmonton's idea. Yeah. And Ambrosi took it and ran with it. Yeah. Chase. Another, another idiotic CFL idea. Ooh. It amazes no, it's an Ambrosi. It's like it survives despite itself. It's unreal. I don't know how this league survives with Ambrosi running it. It just it boggles the mind. Absolutely boggles the mind. I don't know. How did they go from Mark Cohen to two absolute morons crazy Ambrosi? Don't get me going here because Mark Cohen was one of the biggest morons we ever had. The only thing he was good at was drinking beer with fans and kissing babies. The best, best commissioner we've had in decades was Jeffrey Orich. Moving Anyhow, on. Let's moving on. Yeah, the, I'll go on a rant for 20 minutes on this one. Okay. Yep. Uh, Farhan Laji gives his list of top 10 quarterbacks of all time. So you guys, we all paid attention to this one. Uh, he's got number one, Doug Flutie, Anthony Calvillo in second place, Ricky Ray in third, Henry Burris, Warren Moon, Jackie Parker, Matt Dunnigan, Ron Lancaster, Damon Allen. Jesus. And Russ Jackson. Oh, my God, this list sucks. Damon Allen? What the hell? <laughs> that guy was barely yeah. a quarterback. Oh, jeez. Wow. He, he was a running back that could throw a ball once in a while. Okay. How the heck now, did he put Henry Burris ahead of Warren Moon? I have no freaking idea, Thank my friend. You. No freaking idea. But. How is Matt Dunnigan on this list? I don't know. I love so him, I, but he's not a top ten. No, 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 no. I put up a I put up my own list here. Where did it go? Where did it go? Took me a while, did it? Calvillos. Okay, here's my list. 
I put Doug Flutie in first place, Warren Moon in second, Tom Wilkinson, uh, Kenny Fanon, Ricky Ray, Anthony Calvillo, Jackie Parker, Russ Jackson. I gave Henry Burris in there and Ron Lancaster. There's my top ten. How can you not put Warren Moon in second place? You have to. Farhan had him fifth. I know. I mean, this is the guy that won four straight Grey Cups and then booked it to the NFL. How many Grey Cups would he have won if he stayed? Oh, God. And how is Damon Allen on here? I know he threw for 20 zillion yards, but he played for 35 he years. He played for 23 years or something like that. He, he was a great he running back. too stupid to retire. I could not wait for him to leave BC. Could not wait. Could kick him out the door. Get him out of here. My biggest problem with the list is other than Russ Jackson, did quarterbacks not exist in the 70s and before? You know, there's Jackson yeah. and Wilkinson, but... Jackie Parker. He, he's got none of them on Jackie his list. Parker. Yeah, well, what? he's got Jackie Parker. He's got Jackie, Jackie Parker. on there. But there's, yeah. there's a lot of guys you could put on Jackie. there for top ten. There's a well, lot. Well, yeah, there is. I, I grabbed a couple of them. Kenny Fanon. Tom Wilkinson. Kenny Plain should be on this list somewhere. I don't know where Farhan was with that one. You you could make an argument that Joe Cap should be on that list. Exactly. Yes, I thought of, I, I thought about Joe Cap. Only a but player it, to start a Rose Bowl, Grey Cup, and Super Bowl. Yeah, Joe Cap could be on that list. He he could be, but his his achievements in in the CFL were not over the top. I guess that's true. Okay. He he was a Warren Moon. I won't even give him the status of Ricky Ray. I like Joe Cap. I like what he does. I even like what the old man went at, uh, what's that, Angelo Musca. The two of them got in that big fight on stage. I mean, hey, yeah. I mean, 80-year-old man giving her a, that's better than watching WWE. But, yeah, over a forty-year-old grudge or something like that. It was a pretty big thing, though. I mean, yep. the guy cheated and stole a great sure. cup from the BG Lions. And then, then there's people that are actually trying to put Danny Hack or uh, or Conridge Holloway or Tom, Tom Clement. I looked Danny at Tom Clement like. I looked him back and forth and went, eh, eh, eh. No, I don't think I can put him on. He, I would give him an honorable mention, and he would be in my top 15. Yeah. I have no argument with that. But I put him down as one of the top bomber quarterbacks. But Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And, and same with yeah. Jeff Garcia. I would put him in the top 15, but not the top 10. Top ten is too hard in a league that's been around since nineteen what sixty. It's just too hard. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah, nineteen fifty-eight. The league yeah, it, it, It's just too hard to come up with ten and have anybody be in agreement for more than twenty seconds. Oh, I don't think you can get twenty seconds. 
Will, do you have anything to add to this list? Are we missing somebody that's obvious to you? Please don't tell me Bo Levi Mitchell. Turn on your mic, Will. If you're going to talk, you need to turn on the mic. Either that or wake up. There we go. No, maybe not. Okay. Did we lose? Where'd you go, Will? I don't know what happened to him. Is he still on? He's still online. There he is. I'm still here. Okay. Oh, I've been talking to you, and you're not listening. Well, yeah, I was listening. I had to change my headphones, but you guys kind of put me to sleep talking about fashion for 17 minutes, okay? <laughs> oh, fuck off. Seriously. Says the guy really? with 400 and some odd pairs of shoes. Well, yeah, that's why I don't take part in that conversation because you don't say football in fashion, okay? Like, come on. Uniforms are ugly in general. And I don't care if there's more than one helmet in the CFL. Anyways, that's just me. And we won't even talk about all-time favorite quarterbacks because you know who I am. You know who I'm putting as number one, right? Who? Well, Levi Mitchell. How could you possibly do that? No. Oh, no, you're not. That. I didn't say that's that. Good. Marcus Crandall. Marcus Crandall. Marcus Crandall. Well, he is one for one in great cup appearances. Got to give him and that. I, and, I, and I did. Sorry, guys. I really do like Damon Allen. Sorry. Just say. Why? Because. Do you I know why he Because we don't like him. Yards in the CFL. Do you know that? And do you know why he holds that, that record? Most broken plays as a quarterback. Running because for his he can life. run. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to try to tell me that Durant, uh, Darian Durant is a good quarterback. And he wasn't. But he could run. But And I still want to put, okay, I know you're going to explode when I say this, but I still want to put Kevin Glenn in there. Okay, I'm putting you it's back on me. <laughs> Where do you put Mike Riley? I, well, yeah, how come Mike team. Riley wasn't on there? He's just I, outside the there. Team. I can't put him in the top ten. I can't. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe soon. We don't know. But he's not there yet. He has not accomplished enough to, to put him in this list. I agree. I, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Mike Riley fan. I'm glad he's with the BC Lions. But I, I'm honest about things. He's not top ten in the I in, mean, in but I, I mean, he should he should be there just alone because he's alive. Okay. Well, you mean he's active? He's still playing. No, no, he's alive. He didn't die during a game because he should uh, have. Yeah, yeah, but then so should Buck Pierce. <laughs> I mean, you want some entertainment? Watch Buck Pierce getting exploded is on YouTube. It's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Just YouTube. Yeah, but so I, Buck I, Pierce hits, and it's they come up, and they're one after the other after the other. I mean, it's that's entertainment. <clears throat> In fact, I'm I'm going to okay, do it right moving now. On. Buck Pierce. Yeah, Buck Pierce hit. Boom, bang. 
who? Oh, Craig Butler. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was big. I'm surprised he's alive. I really am. Okay. Going on. Where where are we right now for time? We got 24 minutes left. Oh, hey, what happened? We lost David again. He's come back. He phoned back. What a guy. Sorry, David. I didn't know you were on hold. Oh, it's all good. I'm just going to throw out there, as far as that list goes, I think Mike Riley's the greatest quarterback in history this year, fell, and it's not even close. He has not made the achievements that the others have yet. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I, I love the guy, and I think that he has the ability to be up there. Right now, I cannot argue with Doug Flutie. Right, but you have to take into account back in the day they had, you know, the way salaries were done and how free agency worked, it was easier to have these teams where you could keep a great team together like what Edmonton did, right? Then Moon, wasn't Warren Moon part of that dynasty that won five straight Grey Cubs? Yes, he was. Right, so the way free agency worked back then, guys weren't in change teams, so once you built a great team, it was easy to keep together, whereas Riley, I mean, look what, when he had a great team in Edmonton in 2015, he was league MLB, they won the title, the next year, half that team is gone. You, yeah. know, it, you can't fault him for that. He just happens to be in an era where it's hard to, you know, maintain continuity. I, I agreed. I mean, Doug Flutie was kind of very similar. Free agency had already taken that away from the CFL at that point in time. Warren Moon, no, definitely that was that was the Edmonton dynasty back then. So were a lot of the other ones. I like a quarterback who has gone into a, different cities and won cor- and, and Grey Cups. Okay? Doug Flutie did that. Uh, Mike Riley may do that. Okay, Ricky Ray definitely did that. To me, that shows a good quarterback. I, I would have loved to have seen Mitchell go to another team and see what happened. But for him to sign back in Calgary was a, a real safe play for him. He didn't step outside of his comfort zone. So I'm not giving him any credit for that one at all. Oh, please. Oh, shut so up. Then I, so then I guess. So then I guess Damon Allen is on your list then. No, I just don't like Damon Allen. I don't like well, his no, style. He won, multiple, he won multiple Grey Cups with multiple teams. So Yeah, I, I think three different teams, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, 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 but like I said, he, he was barely a quarterback. He was a running back that threw the ball once in a while. during that whole run in Montreal with the talent he had and playing in a weak East division, instead of going, what, what, what did Cavillo go like three or yeah, he went three and five, three and six oh, in the great cup. David, let's, oh, let's make this really simple. Put Mike Riley in Calgary for the last five years and they'd be in the middle oh. of a, a four year dynasty. No doubt about that. They and five and there cups. you go. There you go. Talking about stuff that you cannot say for sure. 
because oh, come on. We, we all got would, no, 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 no. Listen, hear me out here. Hear me out We're here. We're all intelligent enough to figure this if out. If Mike out. Riley, if Mike Riley, is in a system that he doesn't like, is Mike Riley still the guy, or is Mike Riley the guy who has to get punched in the face continuously to play well, which we've seen him do? No, Mike Riley is a guy that can thrive in any system with any offensive line, with any group of receivers. It doesn't matter. He's proven that. Well, I guess, guess what? We'll find out this year. We will. He's going to have a great year. Look who he's got. He's got Deron Carter and Brian Burnham. Are you kidding me? That's like oh the best God. receiver duo in the league. Oh, my God. Really? What? what are you going to tell me that Deron Carter is Are you, are you kidding receiver? me? Are you well, kidding well, well, me? What did I say that's wrong? And I, what, what do you disagree with? Well, um, the best receiver with the biggest mouth in the league, absolutely. And that's why he's not the best receiver in the league, because he's got a big mouth. Right. No, 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 no. Hang on. You, you've got a lot of pressure here. Let's just face facts. Durant Carter is one motherfucking talented receiver. We just don't right. like him because he's an asshole. Yeah. No, 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 and I, and I, and I've said that numerous times that he's a good receiver, but he's never lived up to his potential because of his mouth. No, and it's not, be be it's not. Mark is not. Mark is not different. No, he's not accurate at all. What he's not acknowledging is that Deron Carter has never played with an elite receiver his entire CFL career ever. Nothing even remotely close to one. Look what he had in Montreal all those years. That abomination of quarterbacks they had. Even in Saskatchewan, he had Kevin Glenn, an overly concussed Zach Collins, uh, Zach Cliff, like a barely stay on the field, and a Brandon Bridge who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And even with None that, it. put up great numbers every single time. Now he's working with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in the history of the CFL. You don't think he's going to have a potential 2,000 yard season? You're crazy. This guy's the okay. best receiver by far. David, stop for a second here, okay? The, the guy you're arguing with is Will. Mark, at a previous show, said Deron Carter plays his best football when you allow him to be an asshole on social media. Let the guy get wound up. Let him get out of control and watch him play football. Let him hug and kiss referees. Let him do whatever the hell antics he wants because he's bloody amazing when he's doing that. When you start trying to curtail his antics is when you get a useless uh, receiver. I have to he had the antics? He's had the antics because he's been frustrated because he's dealing with subpar quarterbacks and poor offensive coordinators that suck, like what he oh had in Saskatchewan. God. Really? Yes. Yeah. You, okay, you tell really? me one situation, whether in Montreal or Saskatchewan, where he was working with an above-average quarterback and an above-average offensive coordinator. Name one. No, 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 no. You're saying he's frustrated because he didn't have those things. It's got nothing right. to do with that. The guy's an asshole, period. Always has been, always will be. But I'm not arguing with that. Why? Because because he trash talks on the field. What are you talking? That's what every player does. Okay. And I personally think if if they let him run wild in BC, he's going to wreck the locker room. Guaranteed. There's no way he's going to wreck the locker room because he's got a quarterback that's going to keep him happy. He's (laughs) also got Nick Lewis. But I'm saying, I mean, that, I don't think you keep understanding. The problem in Saskatchewan, why he got released, 
was that the offensive coaches were frustrated dealing with him because he would always call them out in meetings because they were, as you could tell, they had a horrible offense. The play calling was trash, and the quarterbacks all sucked. And they got pissed off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You don't, you don't let the inmates run the asylum. It's that simple. We're, we're not arguing with that, Will. I, I, I agree know. with you. But the fact is, and that's why they got rid of him. But that doesn't, that doesn't make the frustration go away. That doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Yeah, you don't let the inmates run the asylum, and that's why Saskatchewan got rid of Deron Carter, because nobody could play with him, because, yeah, he's a prima donna. I'm not going to argue with that. But he, the man has talent, and if he puts that talent and on I've, the field and I've, somebody I've gets him the always, football like Mike Riley, always he's going to be freaking amazing. I've, yeah, but I've always said he's got talent, but his head will not let him live up to his potential. Trust me. Let him that's be successful. Until, that's until he now, was never successful. Because now for the first time in his career, he's got an elite quarterback. Never had that. Remember, just – Taking into consideration how it would feel for him to be as great a receiver as he is and have quarterbacks who are complete trash the entire time. You don't think that played any part of why he was so hard to deal with, that his frustration in dealing with incompetent players? Sure, it has lots to deal with it, but the last time I looked, okay, and I may just be just be think, talking out loud here, but the last time I looked, it's a team sport. Okay. And what's what's the point you're trying to make? My point is, you look at a you look at a team like Calgary. It's a team sport. I've been hearing all night. Bo Levi Mitchell is trash, and this guy is trash. They play as a team. That's why they're so successful. And you cannot have a team like that if you have a Deron Carter. Okay, there's I, I, been a point where the, where the teammates didn't like Deron Carter. I don't know where you're getting that from. His issues with coaches. Uh, that's been his problem. He, well, he had some issues with some co- teammates. I remember well, him and I think... talking about when he got in a fight with Rakeem Cato? That's because Rakeem yes. Cato was flopped. And he actually wasn't fighting with, with Rakeem Cato. He was actually getting between Cato and his cousin. Who was his cousin? Oh, it was... Uh, um, that other receiver. That other receiver. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name. Uh, Kenny Stafford, I think. Yeah, Kenny Stafford. Yeah, right. Kenny, Kenny Stafford. So Kenny Stafford and Cato were going at it, and Deron got in the middle of it, and that's when the cameras went on him, and it looked like Carter and Cato were fighting, and it wasn't. He was being the referee. So Nick Lewis came on this show with us and said that, he, that Deron Carter was one of the best teammates he ever had. Bingo. That's what I'm saying. It's the coaches. I feel like the coaches leak stuff to the media and try to pretend that it's, oh, he's a locker room cancer. He's not a locker room cancer. That's ridiculous. Okay, well, you know what? And I'll, and I'll stand my ground here. Uh, I guarantee you it's not going to make a difference this year. I don't know. Well, we'll see, Will. Let's say he has 1,800 yards, 15 touchdowns, which is possible considering he's probably going to be the primary option with Riley. You don't think that's going to have an impact and help to help the Lions make the playoffs? Yeah, but you got to get there first, and I don't think he's going to get there. Trust me. He's his what own worst enemy. What do you mean he's not going to get there? 
He's his own worst enemy. Believe me. So he's not. He's not going to make plays. You don't think he's going to put up big numbers? Well, once again, like I said, he's got a head, and his head is going to get in the way. Right, but the point is, since he's been in the CFL, has he put up? Has he produced and put up numbers and put up stats? When he's played full seasons, absolutely. Okay, so then why why are you assuming he's not the same thing this year when he's got not when he's got a good quarterback for the first time? Because he has a record, okay, and his record doesn't prove that he can do that continuously on a consistent basis, and something will happen. Believe me. Okay, so you you brought the media narrative essentially because what you're saying the numbers don't line up with the fact that he's had multiple thousand yard seasons playing with subpar quarterbacks is a testament to how good of a player he is. You're basically buying into the media narrative. You don't like him personally, therefore that's why you're biased. When you say subpar quarterbacks, he's still your quarterback on your professional team, okay? He's still a professional quarterback. So you would consider Brandon We're Brandon talking about Drew Willie here. We're talking about <laughs> Drew Willie. <laughs> We're talking about Brandon Bridge, too. I mean, this Brandon Bridge is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life. The guy's got... I've seen, you know, kids in elementary school that got better at accuracy than he does. The guy couldn't hit anyone. Marcus Crandall's a better quarterback than Deron Carter's ever had. Anyways, we're not going to. The guy with the long hair, what was his name? Jesus. The guy guy threw the ball like he was punting it. He just would lob it in the air. Crompton, thank you. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Come on, man. I, I couldn't believe with the way Crompton would throw the ball. He would literally just heave it. It was, it was like, oh, God. I, I don't know, man. I just I share his frustration because I, I liked it when he was in Montreal, and it blew my mind how Montreal couldn't find even a halfway decent quarterback. Okay, let's move on because we're running out of time here. We're down to 10 minutes. We've got a couple of things left on the agenda here. Uh, speaking of assholes... Alex Singleton, okay, takes parting shots at the CFL over the Grey Cup field conditions. Okay, we we all know the field sucked. We all know that that was the Edmonton Eskimos uh, field team that was responsible for this, and they dropped the ball. Nobody disagreeing with that, but. When you're playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, why are you chirping off the league that got you that job? Like, seriously, this is the most disgusting, underhanded act I've seen from a a player in a long time. This is a guy who should not even have been in the CFL. He got in through a loophole, and he would never have been in the NFL today if we hadn't let him play. It's disgusting. He would never have made the team if he was a, had to come in as an American. Nobody would have brought him in. Right, but don't you think it's more of maybe that rivalry with Edmonton? You're just kind of shitting on Edmonton? He's not even part he of the league. He's not, and he right, won the goddamn game. Right, but he's been Edmonton's been a rival for his for the last couple of years. So don't you think he kind of maybe he wanted to trash talk him? And 
I, I don't think Edmonton's ever been a rival for uh, for Calgary at when Alex has been in the league. Edmonton has been a subpar team. You you do not get a rivalry out of that. There's always a rivalry there, Christopher. Give me a break. Yeah, not to the extent that it is. If Edmonton actually but, had the ability know, to take and, them out. And if you want to talk about the field in general, I'm surprised that the CFL like, make, lets the host city take care of that. Okay? I think that should be a league thing. And to this day, I'm shocked that there was never there was never a cover on that field. Because, I'll be honest, it took away from the game in my mind. And, and everybody it, it, died. The field was... The field was a joke. Like, well, yes, it call was. it what it is. The field was a joke. <laughs> but why is he bringing it up now? I just uh, the game. First of all, the game is months ago. He's now signed the NFL, and hell, you won the game. So what do you got to complain about? You got to admit that was well, kind of the most singular thing ever, right? To have a totally frozen was, over field and have the players skating was, like they're on ice. It was terrible. You know the thing is. You know, the problem is Alex isn't in Calgary anymore. You know what that means, right? He's allowed to be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Calgary tends to stifle that stuff. Yeah. He needs a haircut. Yes, he needs a he needs a hairdresser. Period. Somebody, man. I'm just gonna dress this boy up. Okay. I I, I think every nobody, nobody's gonna argue on this one. Okay. What do you guys think, Carpinia, uh, Tyler Carpinia, being released by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Canadian kicker? Well, the reason why does that I mean was, they're bringing what? Does that mean they're bringing what's his name in? No, they they've got their kicker already. They from what's half of name? last year, he took the. Tyler lost Louther. his job. Plain and simple. Brett Louther. That, yeah. Only. Carpinia lost Cheaper, his job. Plain and simple, so they released him. Who's gonna? Is he gonna get back into the NFL? He is a national kicker. I mean, who needs a kicker right now in the league? I think most teams have a pretty solid, uh, solid option. B- BC doesn't. BC could use a kicker. Who, who's BC's is it Paul kicker? Paul right BC's kicker. BC Ty Long was our kicker. He went to the NFL. Yeah. And his nickname would fit right in. Crappy. What? Hollywood. <laughs> no, I could sir, I could see him for sure coming to uh, for sure coming to BC. They because the Lions have not replaced Ty Long, so uh, he would be a guy I'd be certainly targeting because. I thought he had a pretty good year last year. To be fair, I did too. I did. I mean, too. He wasn't a bad kicker at all. It's Louther stole, took his job away. Well, what were those injuries that he kept having that he kept missing time with? Remember, I think he had something to do with his leg, didn't it? No idea. I think. I think it was like a hamstring thing. I don't know something what it was. Like it was that, something yeah. that, yeah. I, don't know, I just feel like maybe that'll cause teams to take caution and not, you know, if you got a kicker that has a potential hamstring issue, that's a no-go. He went out for the year. Where is it here? 
hate three downs website now. Oh, it's it's absolutely awful. I don't know awful. why people get rid of this. And the amount of articles that they write about nothing. Can't admit though, three down still is a pretty good source of inside information. He had. I mean, what, what, oh, what, what it doesn't say what the thing? injury was. It's it was clickbait. to do with his legs. It yeah, but don't you think like Justin was. Dunk always has a lot of good inside info, especially on like player salaries going on? Uh, we like Justin Dunk. We cannot stand Drew Edwards. I don't want anything Drew Edwards writes. I throw. I don't even bother reading anymore. <laughs> He's one of the worst. He's one of the worst reporters I've ever seen. It's a joke. Yep. Most of his articles. Uh, I, I gotta agree with you on that. But at least he, you know, at least he's doing something. I mean, what other guys are really putting anything together that's even similar oh, to three down? I, no, I agree, I agree. But stop fabricating news, okay? We don't need that shit. That, For Katina, it says he had um, he was gonna have surgery on both his legs. Just that it's got something to do with his legs is all that was reported. That's what when was that? Uh, 2018. Jeez. Oh, here we go. June 2018. I don't know. He man. was going to wait and work on it until after the season, but uh, it's for his own personal good, it's going to be a long rehab, something to do with his legs. He'll have surgery. Oh, so he might not even be available for the season. Yeah, he's. That could be why they released him too. Right. There's no point. Okay. If he's got anything left, BC would be the perfect spot. Yeah. 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 Without question. I mean, BC needs a kicker. I mean, we found some of the best kickers in this league, so you know maybe they'll find more. Scouting staff hasn't changed. Just the Wally has. Maybe. Maybe Devon Claybrooks is thinking of making Deron Carter their kicker. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, is, that, is, that the guy, is that the Calgary fan right there that just said that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it's Will. It's Will. Will, don't call me the Calgary fan. It's Will. Okay. It, it's Will. Definitely Will. So Will's, so Will's still upset about what, what he did to Bo Levi? Oh yeah. Well, who yeah, did yeah. to Bo Levi? What Duran did to him? What are you doing? <laughs> sure. What did he do? <laughs> sure, sure. I was upset. I was. Ex- it would have been really great if Devon had, or if uh, if uh, <clears throat> Duran had been in the Grey Cup that year, he probably could have caught a couple more. Maybe. You never know. What Williams is this? Duke Williams. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the show, guys. Um, thanks very much. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 300. Blog talk, bitch, interrupting me again. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 320. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. And, hey, it's been awesome playing foot, talking football with you guys. Uh, David from Minneapolis was online with us. Uh, as well as Charles, Mark, and Will. And I'm going to let you guys say goodnight right now. David just kind of hung up or dropped a call again. So uh, he doesn't get to say goodbye. But, Charles, you do. 
Uh, good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Let's hope these guys get this thing worked out and we can start camp on time with everybody next week. Yeah, and our shows are going to go to Wednesday night again. We used to have them on Wednesday nights for football, and they're going to go back there now because the season is going to start. And as soon as the season starts, we'll start with, up back up with the Sunday night shows. Mark, say good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. William, it's up to you, my friend. Good night, everybody. David, it was a pleasure talking with you. I don't agree with anything you say, but it was a pleasure. Make sure you come back again sometime. (laughs) Good night, all. Take care. See you next Wednesday.